doesn't like to laugh. In fact, I believe there have been many studies around laughter and the benefits of laughter. And today, I'm talking about non-benefits of laughter that you very well may be creating when you're laughing for the wrong reason. You could be hurting your next level of success, creating a disconnect, losing credibility, and certainly not captivating me with a certain kind of laughter that you've never thought about. That's what I'm talking about today. I think you're going to like this episode, and I don't want you to miss a minute. Welcome to Captivate the Room with your host, internationally known voice expert, Tracy Goodwin, an award-winning speaker who has taught hundreds around the globe to make a big impact with their voice. This podcast is for anyone who wants to step onto a bigger stage, make a bigger impact, and have a voice that makes people listen. Presentation matters, and the voice is the missing link. Join in and you'll see why. Welcome to the podcast. So happy to have you with me today, as always. And I've got a great episode for you today. Today, I'm doing an episode on a topic I did a video on last week around laughter. And I did get a few emails about it. I suspected, honestly, that I would get more pushback, more disagreement than I did. And maybe my audience just didn't voice that to me. But I'm talking about it on the episode this week because such an extraordinary thing happened in my group because of this video. Now, I don't know if you follow me on social media, but I'm on Instagram, LinkedIn. I don't do much on Facebook. I will be revamping the YouTube channel. Really, that's it. I also want to tell you, speaking of groups, I am doing one more round of my eight-week signature group program at the rate it's at. It's starting in about a week, so you need to go check it out if you want to really learn how to command the space from the inside out, to have that inner freedom, real confidence, not put it on confidence, authenticity, impact, create a culture with people that is really impactful, then this is, this is the work, Voice from the Inside Out. You can find out about it at captivatetheroom.com forward slash captivate dash eight. Or you can just send me an email if you want to make sure it's a good fit for you. It's a small container, so I like, I really want it to be a good fit. Now let's talk about laughter and, and really what, what I loved so much about this episode or this video that I did was what happened in my group with somebody that watched the video and then asked me about it. And she saw the nuance of what I was talking about and 
in that same class, somebody else really nailed the nuance between the microscopic cellophane layer of not being authentic versus being authentic, especially on video. And I've said it before, I'll say it again. I really think of this work as so incredibly nuanced, like laser surgery, like you can go to the GP and he can tell you that we have, you have a heart situation, but where are you going to go for the fine tuned work? You're going to go to the heart surgeon. And I really feel like my former client who has tripled her income, she says it the best. She's the one that says, Tracy, you work in sounds the size of a grain of sand. And that is really the difference. That is really the difference. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't be successful. It doesn't mean that you can't make money. I'm interested in what's the next layer. What is the next layer of money? What is the next level of connection? What is the next level of impact? There is another level and it is found in the microscopic nuances of what I can hear. I think my background and years and years and years of research and execution play into it as well. I started studying laughter in my 20s. That was a long time ago. I started studying it when I got my first master's degree. And maybe you know this, maybe you don't. If you're new around here, you may not know that in my 20s, while I was doing voice work, I pivoted from being an actor to directing plays and directed plays all over the world. And the actors that I coached were successful and won a lot of awards because of what I did with their voices. So it was still voice work, even though I didn't want to admit I was a voice coach, but I was directing plays all over the world. In fact, one of my students just won a Tony for best directing a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to see if I can get him to come on the show. He's one of my favorite people on earth. Anyway, I'm, I'm digressing a little bit. But I was in graduate school. I decided I didn't want to be an actor anymore. And I thought, well, this is what I need to do. I need to go get a master's degree. And I actually wanted to work with a man that had been my very first voice coach. He was not a voice teacher. But my very first voice class was learning the phonetic alphabet. And he was the teacher. And I loved him. And I was, I was a little lost at the time. And so I reached out to him. He was in charge of the creative drama department at the university that he taught at. And I said, I think I want to come get a degree in child drama. I really didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. I just knew I didn't want to be an actor anymore. And I didn't want to be a voice coach, even though the signs were there. But I was running from that. So he said, okay, you can come in and be, uh, you can come be in in my program. And it was like literally two of us working on master's degrees. And it was just a brilliant experience. It was amazing. I, I, that's when I started traveling internationally, Russia, Ireland, all over the place, directing and choreographing shows. 
But I had to write a thesis for my master's. And what I chose to do, because I am a half-breed Choctaw Indian, I chose to write a play that started as a children's play, but it ended up not being a children's play. But I wanted to write a play about a Choctaw Indian legend. And I found one and I wrote a play about it. And I studied both of the tribes that, that I come from during this time. I mean, it was extraordinary. It was truly extraordinary. And when the, in the legend, pretty much everybody gets killed. And I did it true to legend. I wrote all the characters, all the dialogue. I did it very true to the legend. And when we performed it, many of the nights, many of the deaths in the play, which were beautifully done, the audience burst out laughing. And it devastated my actors. My actors were incredibly talented and they just didn't understand why. And I thought, well, I need to find out why. I suspect I know why. But even back then, I was already researching. It was in graduate school for my first master's is when I did the research on the five elements of vocal variety and how they're hitting the five senses. All of that went down then. And so I immediately started studying and researching why are they laughing? And what I discovered was they had to be removed from those emotions. The actors were so good. It was so real. It was so uncomfortable. They had to get out of that feeling. So they disconnected from by laughing. And I'm really getting somewhere with this, I promise. So it wasn't my actors. It wasn't that they were looking silly. It wasn't anything like that. It was that they were actually doing such an amazing job that the audience had to disconnect. They had to get out of the reality of living through that. That led to research and study around speakers and the degree to which they can take us through the experience. Feeling versus emotion was born out of this study. And all of this, I was late 20s. I was working with, I started working with speakers. Of course, I was still directing plays, directing plays all over the world. And I was working with, started working with speakers around this time, a little bit later. And the speakers that I was working with that I ended up studying and researching on had horrific life experiences. One of them I very specifically really tailored the research around was a girl who had point blank been told by her father she, she was not wanted. And, and many other things that really were emotionally damaging to her. And so she had become a speaker and she was telling her story and she would cry. And now here I go, I'm probably going to ruffle feathers again, just like I do with when I talk about laughter. She would really bring us through the experience. There was crying, there was high level emotion, there was real, real intensity. And it was exactly what was happening with my actors and the audience of the play. I realized 
in this moment, which led to the research that, hold on a minute, I don't want to live through your experience. I can hear it. I can appreciate it. I can have incredible empathy for you, but I do not want to be drugged through it. The audience does not want to be drugged through it. And so over the years, when I have coached people, I have coached them to create a real experience that is microscopically keeping us from being drugged through it as the audience member. I have studied a lot of things around voice. I have studied trauma and voice. I'm in the thick of rejection and worth and voice. And so I am familiar with a number of speakers that endured things that were so horrific. I don't even know about bringing them on the show, even though I would love to. In fact, I had a friend from high school who went through something so horrific, you wouldn't even, you just wouldn't even believe it. And I've asked her to come on the show a couple of times and she wasn't ready to come on the show. But anyway, where I'm going with this is some of these speakers that I have followed, that I have studied, they have masterfully created this. I'm going to share the experience, but I'm not going to drag you through it. This is the goal. And this is where I will circle back to laughter. And I have noticed this for a long time. I've never done a video about it. I work with people on this, but I've never done, I've never talked about it that I can remember on a platform like this. So we think about laughter. And in fact, one of the comments I got was, hold on, Tracy, laughter's my thing. I make people laugh. I love to laugh with people. Great. That is great. That is the kind of laughter that is great. When we are laughing together, when something is funny, even when you say something that's funny and you want me to get get in the moment with you about it being funny. So that's great. And one of the first things that I really started looking at when I started studying laughter a long time ago, but after the play, was certain types of laughter make us feel like we're not a part of it. And that was the first nugget that I got on this. Hold on a minute. I just feel like I got shut out. I don't feel like I'm a part of this. I feel like you're laughing with Judy and you're not laughing with me. Well, that's not exactly what was happening, but that was the feeling. And so that feeling led to more feeling and more discovery around laughter as a buffer, laughter as a disconnect, laughter as a way to protect you and keep me out. It's a mask. And I track patterns. If you've worked with me, you know. I I ask a lot of questions when I work with people because I have a lot of layers I'm unraveling based on a lot of sounds that I hear. I hear the seven layers of your sound. I hear the blocks and barriers. I'm just seeking confirmation and what's behind it. So I'm tracking patterns and I'm listening to sounds. And I started tracking patterns of a multiple, multiple things. I'm uncomfortable. 
I don't know how this is going to land. I don't know if you're going to like what I have to say. I don't know if you're going to like me after I say this. I don't know what your response is going to be. I don't know what your reaction is going to be. I don't know if I have the worth or the authority or the ability or the skill or anything to even present this to you. So it is our own insecurity around something that creates this laughter. There are people that I'm studying right now that I would honestly like to work with, meaning I'd like to hire them, and I can't. Not yet. Because the laughter creates such a disconnect that I can't feel connected to them. And that's one of the main things that happens. And I'm going to give you some examples of this laughter. It creates an immediate barrier an immediate disconnect. So I'm listening to you. I'm loving what you're saying. And <laughs> and then I disconnect. Now, that wasn't the example. That wasn't a good example of what I'm actually going to show you, but it creates this disconnect. There are a lot of things that happen in the subconscious when I go to laughter, laughter to protection, laughter as a cover-up, laughter, I'm going to go ahead and make fun of me before you do. So you see, this starts probably the first time we go to school. I'm going to go ahead and disconnect and sabotage before you do. And this one is deep. This one is really entangled with rejection and worth and people-pleasing. Really is a mask that keeps us out, that keeps you safe, or so you think. But it is so deep And it is so idiosyncratic. Anytime I go to work on this with people, no, 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 that's not true. That's not what the data tells me. The majority of the people that I work with on this have no idea they're doing it. No idea. Some of them do, but they've never realized the magnitude of the problem that they're creating. It's a tricky one. It's a tricky one to flip, but I am watching some videos. I'm tracking patterns and I see it every seven minutes, every 12 minutes, every, you know, it's not consistently like that. I can't do it like clockwork, but every single time the person will say, or or whoever I'm looking at, and they'll say, well, you know, I I just, nobody thought I was smart in high school. (laughs) right? And I really was, but I, so it's this anytime they're running up against any of these things that are based in unsurety. I'm unsure if you're going to like me. I'm unsure if uh, how this is going to land. I'm unsure if you're going to buy from me. I don't know if I've got it right. I don't know if I know what I'm talking about. Laugh, boom, move on. And then they do it again. And then they do it again. And every, and it's a real laugh. It's hard for me to do it. It's hard for me to give you examples of it because I don't do it. I laugh if something's funny. If if I'm talking about something funny, it is microscopically different. I mean, razor thin. But what happened in my class was there were four laughs 
and I was working with this person on it, and I was looking at a recording. There were four laughs. And she could tell exactly which ones were connected and which ones weren't. So it was just this amazing thing to watch happen. Extraordinarily talented woman and and devoted to the nuances of the work that we're doing. God, I love working with people like that. This lights me up because this is really the next level stuff. And it might not be something that people are consciously going, oh, that lady that laughs all the time, but maybe, and I'm not talking about my girl, I'm talking about anybody, but maybe some people do. And maybe they recognize, I don't know what it is about her. I don't know what it is about him, but something is, I don't know. I can't quite connect with him. Maybe it's laughter. A similar example is the example that James Wedmore gave when I spoke at, I've spoken for a couple of things for him. I think it was BBD Live online this year. If y'all don't know who James Wedmore is, he's amazing. And he runs a program called Business by Design. He's a multi, multi seven-figure earner. He's a client of mine. And when we were working together, I was listening to some of his recordings, specifically his podcast. He has an amazing podcast, the Mind Your Business podcast. And I was listening to them and I said, and and I'm, I chuckle because of how how funny he found this. I said, I want you to go to this episode and I want you to go to minute 1427 and I want you to tell me what happened there. And he went and he listened and he, he will tell this story. I'm not, I'm not divulging any secrets. He told this story at, I think it was BBD Live before when he introduced me. And he said, he came back to me and he said, I went and I listened to that moment. And I said, okay, what happened? He said, I said, yes. And I said, that's not what happened. And I listed off all the things that happened in that one word. And what happened in that one word were there were sounds in his voice that red flagged the whole thing. And we talked about what was really going on. And of course, you know, he laughs about that story because he's like, I just, I went and I listened. I was like, I said, yes. What is this? What is she hearing? He was laughing about that. He was like, I can't even believe this. It's the same. It's the same. Laughter is the same. Now, I've given you a couple of examples as I've been talking with you about laughing with you, things that are funny to me and they were funny to somebody else and I want to share in that moment with you. I want you to be a part of it. I want you to think it's funny. I want you to think, whoa, wow, that's amazing. That is microscopically different than I'm uncomfortable I'm not sure what you're thinking. I don't know how this is going to land. I'm, I, I don't, 
Well, I wanted to say, I was going to say, I don't care how it lands. And I do, but I don't mean it like that. I don't mean I don't care what you think. I just don't care what you think from the perspective of I'm not going to change who I am. Obviously, I care about your feelings and what kind of value you're getting here that I am helping you. But when I'm worried about you're not going to like the price or you're not going to like the offer or you're not going to like me and I laugh, it's totally different. And if you start paying attention, maybe to yourself, maybe to other people, well, you're going to hear it. You're going to hear it. And it will be something that you cannot unhear. A lot of people do it. You may do it. I'm not sure. But if you do, I want you to be aware that it creates that red flag in our head, just like when I heard James say yes. I said that red flagged so much in my head, sub- so it was subconscious, that laughter, if you do it, is creating a disconnect. It's creating a, whoa, hold on a minute, maybe they're not as confident. Maybe they are not uh, sure. Maybe they don't believe in what they're talking about. Maybe they're not actually telling the truth. Maybe they're lying. It could be a million things. And then they don't buy. And then they don't listen. And then they don't download. And you're not even recognizing it's happening. Or maybe you are, and you just didn't realize what a problem it is, what it's costing you. This is why this work is so important. This is why this work is bigger than just slow down. I get frustrated, honestly, because a lot of times people think they've got it or they think it's one piece, one nugget, and it's so multi-layered. This one's deep. We got to go all the way down to insecurity. We've got to go all the way down to worth. We've got to go all the way to the nuance of the razor's edge to find out and unravel and rewrite and reestablish a foundation of rock versus sand around why you've got to abort the whole thing because of how you think it's going to land and then do it again, and again, and again, and again. You wanna command the space as the expert you are? I'm not saying you can't laugh, but I'm saying if you laugh as a cover-up, we need to talk because that will hurt your long game. That will hurt, could even hurt your short game. And I don't want that for you. Okay, lots for you to think about. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Feel free to send me an email, Tracy, T-R-A-C-Y at CaptivateTheRoom.com. And if you are a laugher, if you are somebody who is ready to speak with a voice that makes people listen, if you're ready to do the work, the nuanced microscopic work from the inside out, then I hope you'll join me on this eight-week group coaching program that I'm starting up in a couple of weeks, a week or 10 days. 
this last round, I'd love to have you. You can check it out at captivatetheroom.com forward slash captivate dash eight or email me with any questions. All right, that's it for today. Thanks so much for listening and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Captivate the Room with Tracy Goodwin. You can reach out to her at captivatetheroom.com and be sure to grab the voice formula, a free video series that will help you start making a bigger impact with your voice today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on iTunes. 